I'm Patrick Reynolds, founder of Kenzai, and this is Welcome to Your Body. In this podcast, we try to break up some of the myths and misunderstandings around fitness. And today we're going to take on a really common topic we hear when people are training, which is the idea of the cheat day. Where's my cheat day? Where's my cheat day? Where's my cheat day? At Kenzai, we don't do cheat days. We don't call them that. We don't use them as a paradigm for fitness training. The idea of a cheat day is that one day a week, or one meal a week, or maybe a six-hour window a week, you can eat whatever you want. And people have a lot of fun posting on social media, this is my cheat day, and they're eating these piles of junk food and having a great time. And that's fine. And it's fun. I get it. But at Kenzai, we don't like cheat days. And here's the reason why. There are usually two arguments for cheat days. One, that the cheat will break your body out of starvation mode and boost your metabolism and produce greater caloric burn. The second idea is that once a week, it's good for you to get a mental break and not to deal with all the willpower issues around food and to relax and have whatever you want. So let's look at the validity of these two concepts. So first, the idea of the metabolic boost. This is a classic example of something being scientifically true, but misleading without the right context. So here's the science behind the metabolic boost from a cheat day. Your body produces a hormone called leptin, which regulates how hungry you feel. It's also able to upshift and downshift your metabolic efficiency, which is how much energy your body needs to move and and feel alive. When your diet is tight and you're losing body fat, your leptin levels will naturally decrease. This means that your metabolism is slightly downshifted and that can lead to a lot of hunger, especially if you don't have a good nutrition plan and you're just trying to starve yourself. So if you have a big cheat day and you splurge on all the food you've been wanting to eat, you have a big caloric surplus in your body now, leptin levels go up and your body will upshift into a higher energetic state. The leptin will stay higher for about 24 hours, which means that when you go back to your next meal, your regular training meal, you get a bit of extra burn before your body goes back to its normal leptin levels. This is the theory, at least. However, when you look at the actual studies, they show that this leptin calorie boost is exceedingly marginal. Some show that in a 24-hour period, the difference is just 7% extra calorie burn. Some show up to 28%, but that, that one study is really sketchy. I don't believe it at all. And a lot of studies show no effect. So you can have this leptin spike with no effect in your metabolic efficiency. So the jury is still out on this. The science is coming in. I'm paying attention to it. And when it comes in, I'll tell you. But let's give it the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that the leptin spike that comes from a cheat meal will give you an extra 30% calorie burn. Now, no study's gone that high. We'll go that high. 30% calorie burn for 24 hours. This means if you're eating 2,000 calories a day, you get 600 free calories. But of course, to get these free calories, you had to get extra food to kickstart this reaction. So let's say in a cheat day, you have a cheeseburger and some fries. The average cheeseburger comes in at about 350 calories, and the small order of fries about 250. So you're eating 600 calories to get a free 600 calories of leptin spike. Now, in reality, you come out a little bit ahead because you don't eat the normal food you'd be having at that food input. But you can see that the margins are really thin here. If you add a milkshake or a cookie, you're really easily going to be able to go over the calories that leptin will give you back. 
And remember, this is with a very generous calorie boost of 30% when most studies show it around 7%. So the science on this is all really murky, but we can see from real world experience that the cheat day is a marginal benefit at best. There are not tons of lean, ripped, strong people walking around because they use the cheat day method. But there are a lot of people walking around who the cheat day hasn't worked for, who are carrying extra mass, whose program didn't work. And the main reason for that is the second argument, which is the idea of getting a mental break by having a cheat day. So let's say that, okay, okay, the metabolic boost thing isn't really always cracked up to be. But even if you come out calorically neutral or even a little bit in the red, you got a reprieve from all that terrible training food. You let off some steam. You satisfy those cravings that you've been having. And now you can go into your week with a clear head and strong willpower. You stay in your diet, right? This way of thinking is just wrong. Your cravings are a complicated bundle of thoughts, emotions, and hormonal feedback systems. They're not rational. Let's say, for example, that you start a diet on Monday and you have a weakness for pizza. So let's say you're on a cheat day plan and Sunday's your cheat day. So Monday, you wake up and your brain says, hi, I really want some pizza. You say, no, no, I'm not on training plan. Tuesday, ooh, I can really go for pizza. Nope, I'm training. Wednesday, pizza. Nope, you can't have it. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday, finally you get to say, yes, you can have a pizza and you have a slice of pizza. Now, Monday comes around again. Do you think your brain is going to say, hey, you know what? You had that pizza yesterday. I'm not going to be quiet this week. I'm going to let you enjoy your salad in peace and quiet. No, it doesn't work like that. Your brain is going to say, Hey, I like that pizza very much, and I want you to give me that same honey feeling again. Want some more pizza. Or if you want pizza, maybe we'll have a, some other combination of carbs and salt and fat, which is all the pizza really is. And that's going to have you craving potato chips, french fries, onion rings, whatever it is. A goat cheese sandwich. It's going to all have the same stuff in terms of your body. So now, you're wrestling with grilled cheese sandwich cravings for the rest of the week. And then you're going to get into that week, and oh, it's time for cheat day, grilled cheese sandwich. Then you have another week of dealing with it. Another week, another week. And all of this is going to be wearing you out mentally. The constantly having to say no. And eventually, after about three weeks, most people give up. It's too hard. I have too much going on. I don't have time or mental energy for this. And they quit. Habits and cravings are tricky. The only way to get them quiet is to not feed the reward systems that drive them. As soon as you give in to a craving, you reignite that whole feedback loop that powers the craving and it's back up to full strength. Now we know this works really well from other addictions. Recovering smokers or drinkers or drug addicts or gamblers, they don't have a quick relapse on Sunday before getting back on the wagon on Monday. That first cigarette, that first drink, that first roll of dice, that reawakens the beast and people know that. And that's why they go for this total cutoff of those stimuli. Now let's say you have that same pizza craving, but this time you don't have the cheat day. So you start a new plan, it's Monday, how about some pizza? You say, nope, brain, nope, not doing it, I'm on a plan. Tuesday, hey, how about some pizza? Nope. Wednesday, nope. And you keep doing the nopes. Next Monday, your brain might forget to remind you to have pizza. Tuesday, it might say, uh, hey, if I'm on pizza, do we still do pizza? You're like, nope. It's going to get less and less, and as you keep going, 
the pizza craving is going to start popping up less and it's going to be quieter and less forceful. And after about three weeks, if you have not had any pizza, if you had any cheats, your brain is going to forget that pizza was ever part of this hormonal feedback loop. And even if you do have some pizza, it's not going to reignite in the same exact way. So you've broken the habit. It takes about three to four weeks to break a habit. This is pretty solid science. It's true. Cheat days never let you break it. That's why they're so bad. If you're doing cheat days, you never get to enjoy this freedom from the craving. You're always setting the clock back to day one every time you engage in the cheat. You have better things to do with your life than to fight cravings all day, which is why I recommend not cheating. At Kenzai, we do have a system to deal with this. We have something we call indulgences. Indulgences are not cheats. They're not a challenge to cram down as much food as possible in a short amount of time. Instead, these are planned events where trainees get to interact with an unhelpful and unhealthy food in a controlled context. So, for example, we would tell someone on your indulgence day, you could have one small treat, and it has to be a plan where you sit down, you make time for it, you fully enjoy it with all your senses. And when people tend to train like that after they've gotten out of the, the craving zone, they often say, you know what, that slice of cake, it was good, but it wasn't that good. That pizza was okay, but it wasn't that okay, and it kind of made me feel bad. When you're eating bad food in the light of day, you're not jacked up on these hormonal reward systems. Its ugliness is revealed to you, and you kind of wonder why you ever wanted it at all. This is the best sign that you've slayed the craving and are back in control, and you're never going to get there on a cheat day schedule. So to sum up, this is why we don't do cheat days or we don't recommend them. The metabolic effects are marginal at best, and the psychological cost is way too high. What I find is that the people prescribing these big, junky cheat days, they're often the same trainers who are prescribing way too intense diets with big caloric deficits that kind of cut down to the bone. A properly prepared nutrition plan should mean that you're not hungry for more than an hour and that you're eating high-quality, nourishing meals that aren't going to leave you fantasizing about junk food all day. Cheat days, they feed into this yo-yo approach to fitness, where you flip from hardcore, ball-to-the-wall, dieting and training, to anything goes gorging and binging. If you're 20 years old, you can get away with that for a while, but after age 30, things like that are going to strip your gears and leave you in a way worse place than where you started. So that's my perspective, the Kinsai perspective on cheat days and why we stay away from them. When you think about it, cheat days are actually a great name for them because when you do them, you cheat yourself out of deep change, self-empowerment, and good results. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Your Body. If you like this way of thinking, if you want to try a program without cheat days that works on science and psychology, join Kenzai. We have stuff launching every week, every month of the year. Kenzai.com. See you there.